0: valuable strategies for healing and looking at mental health through a trauma-informed lens. Get ready to feel empowered and confident in managing your symptoms. And now, here is your host, licensed clinical social worker, EMDR therapist, and certified clinical trauma professional, Jamie Womeler.
1: Welcome to Good Enough. I am your host, Jamie Vomolar. So excited to talk to you guys today about a topic that's been kind of annoying me lately. and I just felt like it was important to go over with the general public and that a lot of women would probably really do, uh, and a lot of a lot of men could learn from. So today we're going to be talking about why dads are just as crucial in raising well-adjusted humans as moms. Because they are. So, there's this idea that's still very prevalent in our society that a man who financially contributes to the house, right? And that's all he does. He doesn't clean, he doesn't cook, he doesn't take care of any of the children's needs, mom does everything, is, you know, just, that's good enough. Uh, it's, it's not. <laughs> it's just not, guys. It's It's not healthy and it leads to family system problems. So some of those problems are mainly, the biggest one I see is moms being overwhelmed and burnt out because there's no way that a woman working a full-time job and raising children can do both successfully entirely on her own. And that old model of like, you know, it takes a village is so very true. And old days, right? Like really old days, they really did like, it was a village of people raising all of the children, right? It was intergenerational families raising the children together. And that's why it might have been a little more feasible there, even though there were still problems with that mindset, even back then. But it's certainly not feasible now because most grandparents are still working. most of your siblings are probably working and most moms have to work. So to put all the burden on mom is an unrealistic expectation and going to lead to problems in the marriage, moms feeling burnt out and not being able to take care of themselves and feeling emotionally regulated. It's really, really important. And I want us to think about like what that teaches our boys. What does it teach your sons? If, you know, Their only expectation as men is to make money. It's not to be a nurturer. It's not to be helpful. It's not to be kind. It's not to be like in tune to how their behavior affects everyone else in the house. Like there are so many men that like come home and they do absolutely nothing. They like sit on the couch and like expect their wife to just you know get the dinner ready, get the kids to do the homework, and like that's that's the expectation, but. It's kind of teaching our sons that it's okay for them to just kind of phone it in. Right. Like men want to say that they're the stronger sex, but guys, I see women doing a heck of a lot more. And it and it teaches our boys that, you know, they don't need to treat their spouse like a partner. And that's really what a marriage is supposed to be, guys. It's supposed to be a partnership. It's supposed to be two people coming together and supporting one another and yes it's great that a man is supporting his wife financially but you know i think we all know we need a little more than financial support to feel emotionally regulated to feel happy to feel valued it it, it requires more than that like no one's going to feel fulfilled in a relationship where all they're getting is financial support and the emotional aspect or the caring aspect is entirely you know absent Especially with kids. And also what that teaches our girls, right? Like, you know, we accept the love that we think we deserve. And, you know, especially in households where and I will say that a lot of the households that I still see this kind of behavior happening tend to be more like really old school patriarchy men who feel that women should be responsible for the house and and they don't believe in an equitable relationship. But that that teaches our girls. That you know, they don't deserve a partner who takes care of them. They don't deserve a partner who's going to make sure that their needs are met. And it really teaches them their needs are not important if their mom's running around like chicken with head cut off all the time, and that that's what's to be expected of her life. And that's really something that we should all kind of look at. So, I wanted to talk about you know how women can assist their partners and understanding the that importance of that relationship. And and gaining the skills, because I don't think that all men, you know, I I know my my husband is an amazing dad, but when he first became a dad, or even like leaning up to that when we were pregnant, he was terrified. He was terrified. He did not have a good model of what a nurturing father would look like at all, and he was terrified that he was going to fail his kids. And a lot of what I think helped him was, you know he did a lot of reading on his own because he's a smart man. And just like me and him talking about like how he can be supportive and like how him being engaged with his sons and him, you know, giving them bottles and getting up with them and being the one to hold them and make that eye contact. That bond is important again from infancy, guys. You know, there are so many men that'll, that'll say like, Oh, I'll, I'll, you know, I play with them when they're like five. Well, by that point, they really don't have a relationship with you. You know, like that, that is a problem. Because even though you're like, oh, well, they're only five, I can build a relationship. Well, they still have all the memories of the fact that you weren't around, you weren't there for them, or you didn't address their needs when they were crying and you constantly gave them to mom. Like that doesn't create a safe relationship between a father and his child. It does not seem like you're actually going to be a nurturer and a protector when you choose not to engage for the early years of that child's life. And if you're a man that struggles with that or about to expect a baby or have a young baby and are terrified and don't know what to do. Please seek help because I I guarantee if you have those fears that you can gain those skills and and learn how to be a nurturing father because anyone can learn, right? We all have the ability to learn no matter how old we are. So, men can learn how to be nurturing and how nurturing really is a sign of strength and a necessary competence for raising children. Not a sign of a weak man, and I feel like that also that that societal belief that men that are emotionally vulnerable or that take care of their kids or you know do the dishes and the laundry like they're not strong men like they don't they don't have their household under control like I don't know how many marriages are happy with that type of heck, but I know I certainly wouldn't be that ideal really needs to go by the wayside guys. Because it is entirely necessary for a man to be competent in emotionally regulating his children and putting them to sleep at night and managing their problems, especially with mothers working. Because there's, there's no way, like, just like the man's burnt out when he comes home from work, so is the woman. Like, it needs to be a team. The families function so much better when we are a team. And when both parents are talking and actively engaged in raising their children, we're more likely to be consistent in our actions. And consistency is so important, guys, in raising kids that the messaging that we send, like if you have a mom who, you know, when you cry is responsive and does everything. And then when dad's home, you know, nothing is being addressed or, you know, you're, you're, given a bottle or and, and kind of like put in a rocker and not actually held. Like there, there's a difference and, and the child will feel that difference in the level of nurturing and caregiving and comfort given. But that also plays out like when the kids are older, if dad continues to be uninvolved, he's not going to know how mom handles things when, you know, Danny cries or if he gets a boo-boo, what makes him feel better sooner? Like he doesn't know because he's not involved because he doesn't have a relationship. And that's one of the things I want men to really think about. Like, do you want a relationship with your kids? Because that requires you to be an active participant in their upbringing, right? It really does. And I know there are so many men out there that really do want to be that active participant, but I think our society has really failed in giving men a blueprint of what being a good dad looks like. And you've been listening to Good Enough with JB Fomaler from Long Island EMDR. Please stick around after the break, guys. Thank you for listening to Good Enough with a Trauma Therapist. This is your host, Jamie Vomeler. If you live in the states of New York or Missouri, we'd love to work with you. New Yorkers, give us a call at Long Island EMDR at 631-503-1539 or visit our website at liemdr.com. And for those of you living in Missouri... Please call Brave Counseling and Psychiatry at 573-825-6441. Visit brave-mo.com. Welcome back to Good Enough, guys. I am your host, Jamie Vomeler. Today, we are talking about why men are just as crucial as parents and dads as women are. Moms are not more important than dads. We need both and we need both to be nurturing and kind and loving and involved it is so important for men to be involved and to demonstrate emotional vulnerability and i really wanted to share with you guys cuz i've worked with a few uh, adult men who did not have a father who was emotionally vulnerable or available really at all and There's some pretty common things that happen with these clients. Like these men really struggle with expressing their feelings and needs. They really struggle honestly with any emotion that is not anger. Their default emotion for when they are upset is anger. And obviously that's really problematic when raising kids because if your default emotion is anger and every time you're triggered, you're angry and that's the only way you show emotion that's not going to be a good model for your children right and it's not how we want our kids to grow up right like we want our kids to be able to feel a range of emotions we want our boys to know that it's okay to cry it's okay to be upset you know more than just when someone dies you know, like I think that's honestly the thing I hear from a lot of the men I work with is like, oh, I only saw my mother, my father cry when his mother died, or this person died, or that person died, and like, yeah, I, I, I think we can cry a little more than than that. There are other <laughs> things in life that make us cry, and not that men have to cry, but like even just like sharing, like oh, I'm having a rough day, or you know, I'm feeling kind of down today, or yeah, I have this meeting and it's making me anxious, like let's be real, men have anxiety and depression too. And by pretending that those feelings don't exist, it's it's basically just teaching our male children that it's not acceptable for them to have those emotions, that those emotions are weak emotions. And that does not create for well-adjusted humans because what happens is instead of Feeling those emotions, addressing those emotions, talking about those emotions, and problem solving for them—we mask that, push them down, default to anger. And then, what happens when we're in anger mode is that instead of problem solving, we're usually blaming. Right? That's that's what happens when we're angry. We're usually like yelling at another person because they're wrong and we're right, or they've done us some injustice and we want our boys to to feel a little more than that right like it's okay if someone hurts your feelings and you don't need to like put your fists up every time someone is upsetting to you or says something out of line like there are more than one ways to solve those problems and honestly in like corporate worlds or real worlds, like job worlds, that is not teaching men how to be successful leaders. Like you don't lead by being aggressive. No one wants to follow an aggressive leader. And maybe some people do. Everyone seems to love Trump around here, but you know, I, I don't want to follow an aggressive leader. <laughs> and I don't want my boys to be aggressive leaders. I want them to be leaders that are kind and compassionate and loving and and think with their heart and are mindful of other humans and their experiences. And if we're not teaching our boys how to express emotions other than anger and, and modeling that for them and demonstrating that for them. How are they ever gonna feel safe in doing that, guys? How are they ever gonna feel safe in being like, I'm sad today, or I'm upset that this girl, like, you know, hurt my feelings or doesn't want to date me or said something mean or this kid, you know, like if their only emotion is anger. This is why our boys are so violent and aggressive. And that doesn't seem to be as big of an issue in a lot of other like, European cultures. And that's it's likely because the mindset there around emotion and talking about feelings and vulnerability is very, very different than what it is here in some countries, not all countries. Some kind of other countries, it can be more extreme. But the countries with healthier, adjusted individuals with lower rates of mental health issues. Tend to have humans who are able to openly talk about their feelings because feelings do matter. And we need to understand that children need and crave a relationship with both their parents, right? They don't want just a relationship with their mom. And you going out with them on Saturdays and going to baseball practice, you know, when they're eight and starting the bond from there. Isn't gonna be as meaningful. And then honestly, this sport becomes what holds you together instead of like the fact that you have a bond over something bigger than a sport. And that's something I see with these men a lot too. Like they bond with their dad over a specific thing that they did together, but there's no other like life lessons or meaningful things that they remember from their childhood from from their fathers because they really were absent and uninvolved emotionally. And we have to understand that relationships are built by our interaction, our communication, and our time spent. So, if dads are not committing to spending that time, to putting in that work, that relationship is always going to be weaker. And that is problematic because kids need both their parents. To support them, and I've had I've worked with children too. I started out guys specializing in oppositional teens, who had mothers who were like over the moon, like did everything in the world, and fathers who were very very absent. Even though they were in two parent households, and that kids still act out all the time because they didn't want mom's attention, they wanted dad's attention, and they could never get dad's attention unless they did something wrong and then dad would react and respond in an angry way. And that was the only time that that kid like knew that their dad actually cared. And and that's not how we wanna be raising our kids. You know, I, I see so many oppositional youth come through our offices who really are just acting out because they wanna be seen. They wanna be heard. They wanna feel like someone understands And that's valid, guys. It's valid. And dismissing our kids' feelings or what they're going through or like those problems aren't that big, it's really damaging. And it's really just communicating to our kids, like, if you have a problem, don't come to me. Because I don't think your problems are actually problems. And what happens when our kids don't come to us with their problems, most of the time they're going to their peers. And I don't know about you, but I don't want my kids being raised by their peers who might not also be making sound decisions. I'd rather know what's going on and be able to have a heart-to-heart with them and say like, how do you think you can solve that kiddo? Or like, I'm really sorry you're going through that. Or this is how I dealt with that. Or maybe we can do this and it would make you feel better. Versus their peers who, again, aren't likely taught those coping skills and are gonna resort to drugs, alcohol, sex, all of these things that are major concerns for us as parents, well, us not being emotionally involved and emotionally invested in our children is what leads to those behaviors. Or us not being emotionally regulated enough for our kids to feel safe coming to us is what leads to those behaviors. And I'm not blaming parents. I know that every parent does their best. But It's really become my mission to help empower parents to stop just sending your kid to therapy. If your kid is in therapy, let me tell you something, you should be in therapy. Because if you change, the environment changes, the child changes. And that change is gonna be so much more impactful, meaningful, long lasting, than sending your kid to a therapist for them to teach them coping skills. They will learn coping skills, but it's not gonna fix the relationship with you which is still going to lead to really negative core beliefs that they're going to have to work through in adulthood. So if your kid is struggling, I want you to really look in the mirror and see what you can do to help and how you can make the environment easier, better, more regulated for them.
0: Thank you for listening to Good Enough with the Trauma Therapist. We appreciate you listening. While our host may provide some personal and professional advice, we want to remind you that this show is for entertainment purposes only. Each individual situation is unique and good enough is not a substitute for mental health treatment. If you need a therapist and are located in New York or Missouri, feel free to reach out to us at lindr.com or brave mo.com.
1: I want to remind you guys
0: that you are good enough.